Section 18 of The Theory and Practice of Brewing. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeffrey Wilson, Ames, Iowa. The Theory and Practice of Brewing by Michael Combruen. Section 18 of Extraction Part 1 Fire impressed on malt, either through air or water, it is true, has similar effects as to preservation, but the fact is not the same as to taste. The sweet, the burnt flavor, or the proportion of both the malt originally had sensibly appear in the extracts, but water heated to excess will not, in extracting pale malt, communicate to the worts an empyreumatic taste. Whether this proceeds from some acid parts, still residing in the heated waters, which might help the attenuated oils to tend towards a sweet, or from other reasons, is not easily determinable. Certain it is, the foundation of taste in malt liquors is in the malt itself. The basis of all wines is a sweet. This circumstance for brewing beers agreeable to the palate must always be attended to. Next to this, it is required that the liquor should possess all the strength it can fittingly be made susceptible of. Pale malt, as it retains the whole virtue of the grain, yields the strongest beers. The finest oils being fittest for fermentation, malt dried by fierce heats, in a great measure loses these, and what remains are not only coarser oils, less miscible with water, but such as bring with them the impressed taste of fire. To answer the purposes of taste, strength, and preservation, from what has been said, it appears that the extracting water must be of a heat superior to that which dried the malt. No other rule appears to direct in this than to make choice of malt of such dryness the delicacy of which has not been removed by fire, and such as will at the same time admit of a sufficient number of superior degrees of heat to extract all its fermentable parts. That is, see page 124, malt whose dryness is nearly 19 degrees less than the mean of the drying and extracting heats applicable to the purpose intended. As 119 degrees, the first heat forming pale malt, and at which it possesses the whole of its sweetness and virtues, may be said to be the lowest degree of dryness in the grain to form keeping beers with, so 138 degrees, above which the native whiteness of the grain is so subdued as to remain but in a very small proportion, is the highest dried malt fit to be used for any purpose. From these premises the following table is formed to show the degree of dryness of malt where taste and strength are equally consulted to brew drinks capable of keeping themselves sound a long time at any medium required. The proper choice of malt I thought necessary to point out previous to entering more at large on the subject of extraction. This table, it must be observed, is in no wise directive for brewing common small beer soon to be expended, that liquor depending on many other circumstances, of which notice will be taken immediately under that head. A table, showing the proper dryness of malt, applicable to the mean of the drying and extracting heats under which keeping malt liquors should be formed.
mean degrees of dryness of malt and heat of extracts, versus color of malt expressed in degrees, mean 138 degrees for color 119 degrees, mean 140 for color 121, mean 142 for color 123, mean 144 for color 125, mean 146 for color 127, mean 148 degrees for color 130, mean 150 for color 132, mean 152 for color 134, mean 155 for color 136, mean 157 for color 138. The subject to be resolved having been examined as to its dryness, we now come to the immediate matter for which this section was intended. Extraction is a solution of part or the whole of a body made by means of a menstruum. In brewing, it is chiefly the mealy substance of the grain that is required to be resolved. Fire and water combined are sufficient to perform this act. Water properly is the receptacle of the parts dissolved and fire the power which conveys into it a greater or less proportion of them. When all the parts necessary to form a vinous liquor are not employed, or when more than are required for this purpose are extracted, the liquors must vary in their constituent parts and consequently be different in their effects. This difference arises either from heat alone or from the manner of applying it, and the properties of beers and ales will admit of as many varieties as may be supposed in the quantity of the heat and in its application. But as the useful differences are alone necessary to the brewer, they may be reduced to the four following modes of extraction. First, that which is most perfect and for which malt is chosen of such dryness in which it with certainty possesses the whole of its constituent parts and the extracts are made with such heats as to give the beer an opportunity to be improved by time and to become of itself fine and transparent. Secondly, that from which, in order to obtain every advantage of time, strength, and flavor, such extracts are produced as cannot become pellucid of themselves but require precipitation. Thirdly, that which is intended soon to become intense, where soundness and transparency are for some short time expected, but not always obtained, because brewed in every season of the year, and deprived of the advantages which age and better managements procure to the first. Fourthly, that where the advantages of strength and pellucidity are to be procured in a very short space. These four modes of resolving the grain, being the fundamental elements on which almost every species of drink is brewed, I must observe the two first may be said to be an exact imitation of natural wines, in forming which the principles we have laid down may fully be applied. The third is the effect of necessity, by which we are deprived of that time nature directs for properly producing fermented liquors, and where we are subjected to many disadvantageous circumstances, to guard against the consequences of which we must rely in some measure upon opinion formed from observation alone, and the fourth may be said to be art too precipitately carried on. Before I treat of them separately, it is requisite to mention a few general rules applicable to all. In the inquiry we made of the means which nature employs to form the juices of grapes, we found two remarkable circumstances. The first, 
a necessary lesser heat for the production of the fruit, and the second a much greater for its maturation, the former useful to incline the must to fermentation, the latter to raise therein such oils as should maintain it for some time in a sound state. But in all wines an evenness of taste is requisite to affect the palate with an elegant sensation, and it may be observed the autumn and spring heats being nearly equal, so the first juices of grapes are formed by almost uniform impressions. The summer heats, though stronger, act upon the same principle, for though the grapes remain upon the vine some part of the autumn, perhaps in this space they gain little more than the juices prepared by the summer's sun, from whence the tastes of wine are more simple than otherwise they would be. Thus are we directed that a first wort shall have the least share of heat of the whole brewing, and the last wort the greatest. Intermediate worts, if any, must be proportioned to both, and if several mashes of extracts are made to compose a wort, these must be equal as to their heat, being careful at the same time to preserve to the process the medium heat which is to govern the whole. By this means we shall obtain our intended purpose, and place into the drink one and the same smooth taste. In the table, Showing the different effects produced in the grain by the different degrees of heat, the numbers, with respect to beers, express not only the mean of the degrees of dryness the malt had with those also of heat in the extracting liquors, but also is implied the power communicated by the hops, that is, it imparts to us the idea of the whole combination. As malt liquors are made with different views, so must the principles on which they are formed be varied. Beers intended long to be kept require more heat in their extracts in order to produce such oils or so many in quantity from the grain as shall retard and delay the quick effects of fermentation. And malt liquors, which are soon to be brought into use, claim an opposite management. This is imitating nature, for we have before observed the hotter the autumnal, the vernal, and maturating heats are, with more power do the wines resist the impressions of time and the air. And we traced the rule which governed this variety by an inquiry into the number of degrees required to form the juices of grapes, and applied their number to discover the first and last heats they were impressed with. In calculations to find out the heat to be given to water properly to resolve the malt, the same method must be followed, it being equally necessary here to employ only such a proportion of the number of degrees which constitute the whole of the fermentable principles in malt that are needful to the purpose we would answer. We have said malts continue in possession of all their constituent parts from their first degree of dryness 119 to 129 degrees. By age alone beers obtain spontaneous pellucidity when urged in the whole of their process with a heat so great as 138 degrees, precipitation or art extends it to near 157 degrees, after which neither the acid parts furnished by the air nor art avails. An obstinate foulness is the result, from whence it may be concluded that at or beyond this heat, so great a part of the fermentable principles is dispersed as what remains in the grain has not power sufficient to produce transparency. 
The following table, founded on these principles, will hereafter be found directive to fix the first and last heats to be given to the extracts of malt. A table showing the quantity of fermentable principles residing in malts at their several degrees of dryness, or the number of constituent parts which form beers in proportion to their properties, specified in degrees and to be used in calculations made to ascertain the proper heats to be given to the first and last extracts of malt. Mean degrees of heat affecting malt and constituent parts. 119 degrees leaves 10 parts. 124 degrees leaves 9 parts. 129 degrees leaves 8 parts. 134 degrees leaves 7 parts. 138 degrees leaves 7 parts. 143 degrees leaves 6 parts. 148 degrees leaves 5 parts. 152 degrees leaves 5 parts. 157 degrees leaves 4 parts. 162 degrees leaves 3 parts, 167 degrees leaves 2 parts, 171 degrees leaves 1 part, and 175 degrees leaves no constituent parts fermentable. Though beers and ales are divided into strong and small, this division regards only the proportion of the vehicle and not that of the constituent parts. The same means as to the heat of the extracts must be employed to form small beers capable of preserving themselves sound for some time as are used to make strong drinks. For though a small liquor possesses more aqueous parts, the oils and salts of the malt are only more diluted, not altered in their proportions, and this causes but a very small difference in the duration of the liquor. It now remains to apply these rules deduced from the theory to the several sorts of malt liquors, which answer to the four modes of extraction just before laid down. The first and most perfect is, when the malt is chosen of such dryness and the extracts made with such heats as give the beers an opportunity of being improved by time and slow fermentations to become spontaneously bright and transparent. Under this head may be comprehended all pale keeping strong and all pale keeping small beers. From its name, regard must be had to the color of the malt and such only used as is dried the least, or by 119 degrees of heat. The hops should likewise be pale, and their quantity used in proportion to the time the drink is intended to be kept. Suppose in this case it is ten months, 10 pounds of fine hops for every quarter of malt will be required. The highest degree of heat, or rather the medium of the highest dryness in malt, with the mean heat of the several extractions, to admit of spontaneous pellucidity, we have seen in the foregoing table, page 124, to be 138 degrees. And this medium is chosen as it answers not only the intent of long keeping, but of brightness also. From the medium degree of the malt's dryness and of the heat of the extracts, to determine the heat of the first and the last extract and the value in degrees of the quantity of hops to be used for brewing pale strong and pale small beers intended to be kept about 10 months before they are used 
and expected to become self-transparent. 119 degrees the malt's dryness, and use 138 degrees the mean of malt dryness, heat of extracts, and value of hops. Subtract 3 degrees the value of 10 pounds of hops. Gives 135 degrees mean of malts dryness and heat of extracts. For the first liquor, 135 degrees as before, less 3.5 degrees, half the number of the constituent degrees answerable to 138 degrees the mean heat of the whole process to be subtracted, gives 131.5 degrees governing the first extracts. Once again, 119 degrees the malt's dryness. If we use 144 degrees, first rule to discover the heat of the first extract, they sum to 263 degrees for a mean of 131.5 degrees as above. For the last liquor, use 135 degrees as before, plus 3.5 degrees, half the number of the constituent degrees to be added, to find 138.5 the degrees governing the last extract. Once again, 119 degrees the malt's dryness. If we use 158 degrees, the first rule to discover the heat of last mash, they sum to 277 degrees for a mean of 138.5 as above. The elements for forming pale strong and pale small beers intended to be kept are therefore as follows. Malt's dryness, 119 degrees. Value of hops, 3. Whole medium, 138. First heat, 144, plus 2 degrees. Last heat, 158 plus 2 degrees heat lost at the time the extract separates from the grist. The proof of this is as follows. 144 heat of the first extract, 158 heat of last extract. Sum to 302, half of which 151 degrees mean heat of extracts. 119 degrees malt's dryness, sum to 270, half of which 135, mean heat of malt's dryness and of heat of extracts, plus 3 degrees value of hops, 138 degrees whole mean given as above. It is necessary to add 2 degrees to the heat of every mash, such being the mean of 4 degrees constantly lost in every extract at the time they are separated from the grist and exposed to the impressions of the air. The second mode of extraction is that in which every advantage which can be procured from the corn from art and from time is expected. This produces such drinks as cannot become spontaneously pellucid, but require the help of precipitation. The improvement which every fermented liquor gains by long standing is very considerable. The parts of the grain which give spirit to the wine being, by repeated fermentations, constantly attenuated, not only become more light and pungent, but more wholesome. If, in order to give to beers more of the preservative quality, 
greater quantities of oils are extracted in proportion to the salts, transparency cannot take place. But when the heat employed for this purpose does not exceed certain limits, this defect may easily be remedied and the drink be fined by precipitation, as time enables it to take up part of the very oils which at first prevented its transparency, it will by long standing and by precipitation become both brighter and stronger. Where the demand for a liquor is constant and considerable, but the quantity required not absolutely certain, it ought to be brewed in such manner that time may increase its merit and precipitation render it almost immediately ready for use. These circumstances distinguish this class of extraction and justify the preference given to porter or brown beer which comes under the mode we are now treating of. Though transparency in beers is a sure sign of the salts and oils being in an exact proportion, it is in no wise a proof of the justness of taste. For strong salts acting on strong oils may produce pellucidity, but the delicacy and pungency of taste depend on the finer oils and the choicest salts being wholly preserved, these best admitting of fermentation and most perfectly becoming miscible with the liquor. The more volatile oils and salts of the grain, if excluded, by the malt being too high dried, the consequence in the beer must be an heavy and rancid taste. The less dried the malts are, which are brewed for beers to be long kept, the hotter are the extracts required to be. But this greater heat being communicated to the grain through water, an element 800 times more dense than air, the finer parts of the corn, though acted upon by an heat which in air would disperse them, by this means are retained. It appears by the table that drinks brewed from malts affected by heats whose medium is 148 degrees, and with 12 pounds of hops to every quarter of malt, require from 6 to 12 months with precipitation to become bright. This is the age generally appointed for brown beers to be drank at, and by the table, page 133, we find the proper malts where the medium heat of the whole process is 148 degrees must be such as have been dried with 130 degrees to form this liquor, whose color as yet is expected to be full or brown without being deprived of more valuable qualifications. In the drink before examined, the number of degrees which constitute the properties of malt affected by a mean heat of 138 or 7 degrees were employed, they being intended to become in time spontaneously bright. But as this quality in the present case is required only with the assistance of precipitation, the number 5 in the table, showing the constituent parts remaining in the grain at every degree of dryness, page 168, as this corresponds to the medium 148, is undoubtedly that which must answer our purpose, both as to the nature and to the time this liquor is in general made use of. These conditions being premised, the proper degrees of the first and last extract for porter will be found by the same rules as were used before. 130 degrees malts dryness, 148 degrees whole medium intended, 4 degrees value of hops fraction omitted, 
144 degrees mean of malts, dryness, and heat of extracts. For the first extract, 144 as before. Two and a half, half the number of the constituent degrees to be deducted. Makes 141 and a half, mean of malts, dryness, and of the heat of the first extract. 130, malts, dryness, 153, rule to discover the first heat, added together 283, half of it, 141 and a half as above. For the last extract, 144 as before, two and a half, half the number of the constituent degrees to be added, makes 146 and a half, mean of malts dryness and of the heat of the last extract. 130, malts dryness, 163, rule to discover the last heat. Added together, 293, half of which, 146 and a half as above. The elements for brewing brown strong beers, with two degrees added to the first and last extracts, for what is lost at their parting from the malt, independent of its farther division into the respective mashes. Malt's dryness, 130. Value of hops, 4. Medium heat of the extracts, malt's dryness and value of hops, 148. First heat, 155. Last heat, 165. Brown beers, Brewed with malt so low dried as 130 degrees 20 years since would have appeared very extraordinary, and most likely at that time when a heaviness and blackness in the drink formed its principal merit would have been a sufficient reason to condemn the practice. But strength and elegance being now more attended to have justified the brewer in making porter to employ malt of such degree of dryness as he shall think will best answer these purposes. As high liquors used to extract low dried malt will form a must capable to preserve itself equally a long time as an adequate liquor used to high dried malt doth, and the first of these methods having greatly the advantage of the other in point of taste, as 130 degrees of dryness in malt is one from its change of color, where part of its finer principles may be supposed to be evaporated. It may not be amiss to inquire if there be not reasons why malt less affected by fire should be used for manufacturing this commodity. End of section 18